Welcome and well met. Come warm yourself by the fire and let us regale you with mighty tales, tales of adventure, tales of heroism, tales of Tamriel. I am your host, Ajelos, and you are watching Tales of Tamriel, our Elder Scrolls gameplay and news podcast all about the Elder Scrolls Online, as well as some of the single-player titles, because they are amazing. I am joined by the one, the only, Nate, a.k.a. Misa. How are you? I erect the spine of greeting. May wide branches shade your path. Very nice. Very nice. Not sure where that came from. Hi. I'm not sure either, (laughs) but it worked and actually fit really, really well with the intro. I really like it. Um, so yeah, um, for those who are wondering, the awesome intro music that you heard is from a YouTuber called Family Jewels. If you want to check out that uh, that song, which was the Elder Scrolls melody, um, uh, as well as all of his other video game covers, you can check him out. YouTube.com slash Family Jewels 7X. Uh, yeah, it's a 7X or X. I have to I'm, see now I have to look at my notes because I wanted to make sure because oh, 7X. Family Jewels 7X on YouTube. Fantastic cover. Like, um, we're in game today, as you can see me running around, and we don't actually have video feed on, so Nate didn't get to see me rocking out to that song, but I do it every show uh, when we're playing it. I'm just, like, headbanging over here to get hyped for this game. So, uh, yes, check him out. Give him a follow. He does amazing, amazing work. Nate, have you ever, uh, ever checked him out before? Oh, of course. Ever since you started using the uh, the music, absolutely. Yeah, it's um, fantastic. Yeah, and, and I, I, I love stuff like that. I'm currently working on um, making a new like heavy metal drum track to a song from Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's a very satisfying branch of music to, to take part in. Good times. Gonna, that sounded actually incredibly fascinating when you said I can just imagine with Sonic the Hedgehog and like heavy metal drums, that would just... It's great. Yeah. I'll send I'll send you I'll send you a recording at some point once it's once it's done. It's it it's pretty good. It's it's fun. If I say so myself. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely need to do that. Uh and welcome chat room. I see we have a few people in here, a first time live viewer, <laughs> uh new demon four K. That song got me pumped and I'm just sitting here. It always does. Um, so let's go ahead and we're going to roll right into the show. Obviously the first thing we do is we talk about our adventures in the wonderful world of Nern and Tamriel. Uh, and Nate, because you are our special guest host today, well, even though you're not even a guest host, I, I hate saying that it's weird because Nate, you're a permanent host, but it's your, your real life sucks. <laughs> and therefore, you know, we can only get you on when we can, but uh as, as everyone well, I'm, I'm pretty much i'm pretty much here for the month of may so yeah so yeah no per, it's amazing i was gonna say that arkaneer he is uh he's not with us today he's actually in chat room you know um hey Arkman. yeah you see him in I'm chat all these shoes <laughs> Ark is, or as Arkner says, Nate is a permanent host who can't make it all the time it's true um but nate was ever so generous as to say hey Arkaneer's busy. He's not going to be able to be on the show. Ag, you suck at doing it alone, which I, I agree 100%. I'm coming on the show. We're going to make this great. So. Yeah, pretty much. And it, and it was, it was quite easy because I said, yeah, that's, that's no problem. Dude, let's spend an hour talking about Nari Uveri, and I'm going to spend an entire day researching her background. You're like, yeah, that sounds awesome. So it, that's that's I, all the convincing I, I, I kind of needed. I, I, you didn't even have to twist my arm. You're like, let's talk Naru. Yes. Like, you mm-hmm. cut you off mid-sentence. Like, we're just doing that. That that's yeah. not not gonna happen um another thing i actually wanted to note because i actually had quite a few people 
Um, and if you follow the Discord, if you get a chance, Nate, look in the the drag ag, you know, drag memes, dragon memes, because they actually put my name in there for dragon. And, and look at um, in Discord. Just just look. I think it's the latest latest meme that's going on. Uh, let me see, okay. dragon meme. It is the very the last picture that uh, Gallusner posted. Um, there, I will, I'm just finishing up the Kavach Arena at the moment. Okay. And, uh, well, whenever you get whenever you get a chance, me, you're gonna want to yeah. look at that um, because there was a lot of um, what's the word I want to use? A lot of interesting response to my lore rant last week about. Uh, okay. Because uh, uh, Arkneer asked about what the significance was of Bardow. So I went into the lore of Bardow as well as then I kind of went into a tangent of, yeah, the reason why it's so interesting is because Vivek is an interesting character. you know. And I started talking about, I think it was like the 17th sermon where he talks about his orgy with Molek Ball. Oh, um, yes. Molek Balls, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So it, Vivek. it got descriptive. Yeah, Vivek, I'm telling you. And, you know, the magic hermaphrodite is Vivek. Um, but it got such a good response, and people are like, I really want more lore sections, and which is awesome because you're on, so we're going to do one on Naru today. Um, but I pretty much said, listen, guys, I love talking lore. You just need to tell me what you want to know about, and I'll go nuts over it. Like, even I would, that whole Bardow thing was not planned. Arkaneer was just like, I don't get it. What's the significance? I didn't play Morrowind. And that was all I needed to talk. Um, so yeah, if, if you and, play Morrowind, it'll be a little bit lost on you. Yeah, yeah. If, if you don't know the significance of it, if you haven't played Morrowind, so I was more than happy. And I know a lot of people haven't played Morrowind because it's older, right? Like it, it is. It's kind of hard to get into now. I was blessed enough in my youth to be able to play it when it was like relevant. So there was. It's not like I shouldn't say relevant. I should say when those were actually considered good graphics. So there was none of this. Oh, this game is so old. The graphics are awful because technically, at that time, I'm sitting there going, "These things are amazing," you know? Yeah, um, so- I, I came at it from a different angle, and we could probably talk about this a little bit later. But um, I was sort of in sort of first-person shooter mode at that point, quite mm-hmm. significantly. Half-Life was sort of the big thing at the time, and so I got into Morrowind, but it was never sort of like a real obsession. It wasn't until I replayed and replayed large you know huge parts of it in in later life where the familiarity comes from the lore and the the setting and the general environment that you're in rather than the familiarity of you know the particular towns and the graphics and the locations and it's it's one of those things where if you've played through oblivion you've played skyrim you've played eso you've played any of these uh you know later games you can you can get past the graphics as long as you have some interest in the in the lore and the setting and the history of Tamriel. And then it, it feels like, um, I don't know, it's weird. It's kind of like meeting someone that you used to spend a lot of time with in your childhood and forgot. You've still got lots in common, but lots of new stuff to explore too. It's, it's weird. It, it, yes, that is a perfect example of, you know, the lore is really what bring, brought me back. And, and I played it multiple times already. And yeah, if you have an appreciation for the world already, it's easier to overlook the older gameplay because that's, you know, you're there for the world that you know, right? Like, you know, prepping it up for going into Morrowind here in the next month or two, you know? So it's it's, it's easy to get into that. Um, A little heads up, people. If you do like Morrowind when it comes out and you think, hey, Morrowind Kong, I wish there was more of that. Well, you can join the Morrowind Kong in the original Morrowind and become the Grandmaster of it. So, you know, lots to do. Lots to do indeed. Um, but yeah, that spun off a conversation in 
in in in our Discord chat, and I said, "Listen, guys, head on over dungeoncrawlernetwork.com. There's a contact us form. Hit that, and there should be a drop down. You can select Tales of Tamriel and just write in a lore topic that you want to hear me talk about. I don't even care what it is. Just be like, even if you know what it is and you just want me to talk lore, that's all you got to do is write it in and say." I want you to talk about whatever, and I will get it on the next show. Like, <laughs> there you go. So now you have a, uh, an excuse, I guess, to, uh, to, yep. um, you know, because I could talk lore, and people are like, why don't you talk lore? We love when you do that. I'm like, well, to be honest, it's one of those things where I do know a lot of the lore, not the, you know, and Nate can, can attest to this. He's the same way it's kind of hard for me with planning the rest of the show to go, I don't know what people want to know about, but if you give just a topic, I'll go nuts with it, you know? So and if you ask really, really hard enough and you want to hear Faze talk about Argonians, I bet enough people messaging will make that happen. Yeah, no, I, she would probably do this thing. Yes, she would. <laughs> uh, Fishmaker chat. Marwin is better than Skyrim there. I said it. No, apologies. I actually 100% agree. The only thing that's actually a redeeming quality of Skyrim is the fact that, you know, it's modern. If, if Marwind, you know, were side by side of equal graphic fidelity. Oh my goodness. Hands down. Marwind would blow it out of the water. It is an amazing, amazing RPG. Just, it, it really is. So, I mean, do yourself, if you, if you can get by the older looks of it, do yourself a favor, get out there and, and play some, play some Morrowind. I mean, you can, I think good old games has it cheap for like what? Nine bucks right now. Even maybe even less. I, I haven't yeah, looked in a while. Like you can not get that expensive nah. either. I mean, you probably spend more on coffee at Starbucks than what you could get Morrowind for. So, um, all right. So with that being said, let's go ahead and just jump right on into our tales. Nate, what have you been yeah. doing? Since I've been on, I was on in, uh, when was I last on? April, um, middle of April, possibly. And whenever it was, it was, it was either just as the anniversary week uh, was starting or just before it started. And so I spent the overwhelmingly vast majority of that week saying, right, I am milking these writs for everything they're worth uh, for as much as is physically possible this week. Because for those of you who didn't take part of it and missed out, uh, you could get a anniversary bonus box for every repeatable quest in the game uh, on every character every day. Mm-hmm. So your crafting writs, your Dark Brotherhood stuff, your Kavach arenas, some stuff in Cyrodiil for all the capturable districts like Brumer and, and everywhere else. You know, all of these, you could probably on a single character get 40 boxes a day I think, if you wanted, maybe more, but certainly several dozen um, of these boxes. And inside each box was like high-level crafting materials and mm-hmm. rare um, uh, motifs and things for things like, you know, Dominion style and, and all I these. I got a you couple know, of pieces, which are yeah. go for hundreds of thousands of AP. So for someone who doesn't PvP that often, that was that was one of the best times for me to get those things because I'm like, wow, this cut out so much... Uh, pvp that i now no longer have to do because i got like four pieces of akaviri motif pages wow yeah exactly like you you could get a lot and and it took a lot of time and you could you can you could go nuts i mean i think i got at my final count i think i had something like 300 boxes 
um, you know, over the course of that, over the course of that week. And that was using mostly my main. Um, and then I used my, um, one of my alts as well for some of the stuff in, in Cyrodiil, um, because you could probably get 10 from each district per day alone, just in the Cyrodiil towns, as long as you can fight your way to them. Um, so yeah, I got loads and loads of stuff. And the great thing is, is that a lot of it's duplicate. And if you're in a big trading guild, that means Mm -hmm. big gold. So I probably made about a million gold selling some of this stuff. So it was a very productive week. A lot of that money went into buying missing pages and into housing stuff. And Mm -hmm. it was, it was, it was very good. It was a lot of, it was a lot of fun, but the real reason why it was good, not necessarily because of the gold and getting these style pieces, but it was because it actually forced me to do a few things I haven't done for a while like some of those little dailies and, and, and actually getting into some of the dailies in Rothgar and, um, and uh, Gold Coast and things and learning the mechanics of those because I actually never really did many of those. Some of them I only ever did once. So it was quite nice to sort of learn, learn those and, uh, and get some of the rewards too. So that was, that was pretty good. Um, other bits of time, what have I done? Goodness, um, an awful lot. I've played a lot of Skyrim, I have to say. Um, I decided that because I knew that I was going to be spending an even more large amount of time in ESO once uh, Morrowind comes out and NDAs lift and stuff, I thought, right, play a lot of this. So I'm going to not play some of this for the time being. I'm going to play some Skyrim. I'm going to go back, start at the beginning, and create a new character and just start fresh and, and just do a fresh playthrough on Skyrim. And it's been a lot of fun. And I've about 35, 40 hours in, um, you know, sort of taking my time with the main quest, but just had the bit, you know, where the Stormcloaks and, and the Imperials are at the negotiating table with the Greybeards, arguing over who's going to have Riften and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, just got to that and done, you know, did the College of Winterhold. I've done all that, did all the companion stuff, just sort of keeping the main quests, uh, things for last. But it's um, it's probably been two or three years since I've properly put any real time into Skyrim other than sort of loading a random save, which is one of my favorite ways to, um, to replay Oblivion and Skyrim is to load a previous save r- randomly somewhere in the middle of my list of save games <clears throat> and just go and pick a few things to do. You know, because otherwise you, you know, every day you just see, you know, the cart scene at the beginning of the game and, and the, you know, the dragons and the escape. And as fun as that is, um, it's just not quite as interesting as doing things you've maybe only done once or twice. So. Have you ever looked at that? Uh, there's a, there was an add on at one point called like alternative life or alternative beginning or whatever, where it actually randomly it kind of skipped that whole Helgen scene and randomly dropped you off at one of the freeholds, just like plop. And there you are. Um, no, I've, I've never, I've never done that actually. Um, I mean, I can see, I can see why that would be a lot of fun. I, I personally, I like going through my, just, just picking a random save yeah. and doing that, but it's, it's, it's been, you know, I played through Skyrim from start to finish and completed everything in the game twice. Um, so this is sort of the third the third time doing that. And there's still stuff you miss because I only finished everything, like complete and total completionist level of stuff in Skyrim the very, very first time. You know, every tiny little quest, every dungeon, every area completely mm-hmm. um, explored um, when, it, when it first came out. So there's still a lot of stuff that's been a long time since I've i've done so that's been that's been great but um doing it in this special edition has been quite an interesting experience actually because um i bought a 4k tv a big 65 inch 4k sony thing as a bit of a gift to myself when we bought this house that we're in now 
and the house um, wasn't a gift <laughs> well the, the house the house is a long-term gift but yeah. i decided no i'm, I'm gonna buy a really massive tv and um and wire the, the the gaming pc into it so um and then use the xbox controller but the great thing is is that you can run skyrim special edition in 4k in ultra hd so i've been playing this version of skyrim on max settings in 4k resolution on this massive tv and it is a whole different experience it's just it's wonderful it's really really good fun um so yeah i've done quite a lot of that and uh other than that's the usual stuff some daily writs, some Cyrodiil, largely playing solo these days. Um, in uh, back in Azura Star, instead of uh, True Flame. Okay, why? Why are you in Azure? Is that the non CP, or are you now CP? Yeah. Again? Oh, that's the non CP. Yeah. Campaign? It, okay. CP campaign. I don't know. I just got a bit. I got a bit. A bit tired in True Flame, to be honest, and um, it just felt a bit more fun to run with people, but not in a group. Uh, but do it in Azura. It's a little bit more of a level playing field, I feel. Oh, so. um, Arkaneer actually played this. I guess it's uh, um, Alternative Life or Another Life, whatever. But he's like, the idea is it you get to choose where you start in Skyrim. It asks you whether you know, you're like your hunter in the wilds or a member of a guild or a patron of an inn. It, yeah. it, alternative Life, yeah, that's what he says. Alternative Life or something. So you can kind of be like, what do I want to be today? You know, and that's where it, it dumps you based on that. So it skips the whole Helgen scene and all of that, and just dumps you wherever it is that you thought you wanted hmm. to go. Oh, that's neat. Okay, well, I might try when I finish this playthrough. I might, I might try that the next, the next time I do it. Although the next one I play, I'll probably do Morrowind again. Um, yeah, I actually because like certain actually, big parts of Morrowind stand out in my memory, but other parts of it are just a complete like it will feel brand new if I played it again. Right. Um, for anyone who's actually interested as well, there is a, uh, there's a, I'll, I'll post it in this chat, if, um, or not in the chat. Well, I guess I can do that. Maybe if I still have it, I have to look. Uh, there was a, when Elder Scrolls Online came out, people were saying, if you're interested in trying Morrowind, there are a bunch of different mods that actually do update the graphics significantly. Um, mm-hmm. So, and you can actually even, if you don't like the play of it, because it does play a little different, you can actually update the play style where it, like a like regenerates it makes it play like Skyrim. So it oh, like okay. allows you to regenerate mana outside of like in rooms because if you remember in Morrowind the only way you're going to regenerate mana in any way is by, you know, sleeping. That's the only way to get it. Um so it is a little harder and it also does uh it there was an add-on called hit always on or something like that because if you remember they did the old style um D D ish the old old game uh uh attack me like you know you'd be swinging with a dagger but if you had no skill it'd be like miss 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 hit miss miss what it actually does is make it so that depending on your skill level right um it affects your damage but as long as the reticule is over over the enemy it will register a hit and you know you're within range so it always always hits that's the whole idea of it um, it just, your damage is dependent more upon, um, the level you have in the skill than, than otherwise. So it's, it's definitely, if you're interested, I'll try to find the link for it. It was a Reddit post, uh, and, uh, it does make Morrowind, especially if you, you just want to see the story. You really don't want to deal with the older play style. 
um, it makes it play almost identical to Skyrim, and the graphics update really does a good job. So uh, it is a little mm-hmm. difficult to set up, but there is like it comes with a guide on how to do it. So I'll try to find that and post it in the uh, show notes. Oh well, that's that's neat. I mean, the the mods that there are some great graphic update mods for Oblivion as well that do very similar things that make a they make a big difference. I mean, Morrowind was kind of the ga- the, the leading charge in allowing mods. I mean, it was poster child for how to do amazing mods back in the day. Still kind of is. I mean, there's people who still mod Morrowind after what 15 years. There's still people doing it. I mean, if you look at the. Uh, TS renewal project alone they're trying to put Morrowind in Skyrim essentially you know so oh Skywind is that the project yeah Skywind yeah I think their overarching project is you know the Elder Scrolls renewal project because I guess the goal is that they're eventually going to do like all the older games you know even Oblivion at some point uh less you know you know less concerned with Oblivion because it's older but you know Morrowind and, and going all the way through and uh mm-hmm. sorry if anyone can hear my son apparently my wife is fighting with him at the moment and he is he is using his thume to tear her apart so um, use dragon rend use Take dragon rend ezra ezra dragon rend dragon rend all right <laughs> uh, there we go what a, what a what a cute kid i love him to death he's awesome um but yeah he uh yeah i hear him upstairs now he got quiet he's like ooh, dragon rent how do i do that he's like i don't he's sitting there thinking i don't have all the words yet <laughs> i gotta go find them um but go uh, to the throat of the world throw absorb world. it absorb them yeah exactly it's it's it, it's interesting um like i said with marwin i know a lot of people are really hyped about marwin uh specifically because of Morrowind from Elder Scrolls coming out. Um, albeit, I do actually kind of have a little bit of a... Uh, I guess this is a lore rant, if you will, but did you see the Twitter post that they put out for um, for for the game? Where they're like... Uh, experience... they, they tweeted a few things about the game, I'll be honest. Alright, so the one that kind of got under my skin, okay? And the reason why I got under my skin is it's completely lore-related. So, they're like, you know... Congratulations! You know, essentially, this is synopsis. They're like, "Congratulations, Marwin! Fifteen years now, join us for the next chapter of Marwin." In, in, in. Uh... Oh, can I guess why you why you that annoys yeah. you? Yeah, it's the previous is chapter. It, it's because it's six hundred years before, and yes. in fact, this is the prequel. Actually, yeah, like this is a prequel. It's not the next chapter. It's a prequel. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I know it's nitpicky, but I thought people might actually get you know. They might laugh at that more than be angry because I'm sitting there going, my my justification for hating it is the fact that it's the, not the next chapter. This would have been the previous chapter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, several chapters previous. Actually. Yeah, a few chapters back. All right, so yeah, that that's my major gripe. I know it's kind of a fake gripe, but you know, it, I thought it was funny when I first saw it. that was that was the very first thing that went through my head was it's not the next chapter; it's a previous chapter. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's kind of crazy arguing semantics here, but uh, so did you do anything else in Tamriel? This this uh, past oh probably did a ton of other stuff that I've forgotten about. I know that I I got the bane of the Gold Coast achievement uh, for finishing everything in the Gold Coast, which I'd neglected to do, um, and the the Pathfinder one as well. Um, okay, I think uh, I got something for. Um, Something else. What did I get? Look at my achievements. Oh, the Dwemer style master. I finally finished all the Dwemer style stuff. So. Oh, nice. Did you actually like find it in the in, in yeah. any Dwemer ruin, or did you just buy them? The last. 
<laughs> no, the last one I bought because I was hoping that it might be one of the ones that dropped out of these anniversary boxes and it didn't. I was like, right, Dwemer chests, let's have you. Well, honestly, I, I would have much rather had different motifs because Dwemer stuff, at least on the US server, sells for next to nothing. A couple yeah, thousand. Yeah, they do. I just, I, just, I just didn't know that I hadn't got it. It's only when I was looking at all these pages and what I got out of these boxes and right. I saw Dwemer, I was like, huh, one missing piece. How did that happen? So I, when the anniversary thing finished, I didn't get it. I just bought one. It was it was like 300 gold, 200 gold. It was pathetic. Yeah, it was like, wow, I don't know why I didn't have this before. But yeah, that actually happened to me already with like, because I've been running IC. Everyone knows in our guild, we run IC like every Thursday, except for like this Thursday, because I was neck deep in a server, which I'll talk about during my tales, of course. But um, it... It was, I was looking at it and I'm like, you know, I, I honestly thought I just, I had it right. But then I, uh, I looked at my achievements. It's like, you don't have pack style master. You're still missing. I think it was like pack maces or something like that. It was just one that I never had before. And I never Hmm. really thought about it because I, I got so many from running IC related stuff that, you know, every time I picked one up, it's like, you already know this. I'm like, okay, it sort of makes sense. I was never really actively looking till I was in my achievements one day and went, wait, I don't actually have the, the pack style master, you know? And, uh, um, it was, I think Galsner was nice enough. He got one. He's like, here you go. You're done. So finish that off. But I, I've had that happen too, where it's like one left and you almost forget about it because you get motif chapters and they, you know, they all say like, you already know this. So over time, you're just like, yeah, I must have them all, you know, but you don't. Pokemon pages. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and uh, I see on, on the notes you had something uh, about trials yet, right? Oh yeah. Basically I, I've, I've pretty much done everything in this game. Right, uh, you know, I was looking on Mesa achievements. I mean, not all the achievements. I don't have all the achievements, but in terms of, you know, every dungeon, every area, everything, you know, Cyrodiil, you know, I don't know what I am, rank thirty-five or something in there. Like, I'm sort of, it's it's a good time for um, Morrowind to be coming out because at least as far as Mesa goes, it's sort of is, there's not a lot to do with not a um, lot of easy brother. things to do right yeah not, well not a lot of easy things to do um other than just over and over and over again doing the same things with my brother uh who does play but doesn't play as often as i do and i so i thought you know what to this day i have never done any trial in the game ever so that now is my thing to learn all the trials uh, on the EU mega server. So I need, I'm going to need some help. I'm going to need to figure out builds and techniques and rotations and all stuff because, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a big one, but that's so, the next, the next big thing. This is where you, the tales of Tamriel listener can assist. If you run a trials guild, maybe send uh, Nate a message, bring him along, show him the ropes. Yeah. Uh, what, what is your handle in game, by the way? You can search Miss Misa uh, or Langson101, L-A-N-X-O-N-101 on the uh, European mega server. All right. And um, yeah, that would be, that would be amazing. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm in a, a couple of guilds that, that do this, but even the guilds that I'm doing, you know, they're sort of familiar with it. So mm-hmm. you're not necessarily paying attention or able to pay attention to the, you know, the characters and everything else you're doing. And there's sort of a, a, even a, a small level of assumption uh that you know some of it right not literally none of it 
which is my current level. So complete if, noob as far. So uh, Tales of Tamriel EU community, let's let's help Nate out here. Find uh, if you if you do learning runs for trials, send him a message. See if you can get him on there. Get de- teach him some teach him our ways because I would love to have him brought. You know, by the end of uh, of May when he's on here because he's on here for pretty much all of May. By the end of May, I would love to hear one of your tales going. I went through a trial. You know, I, I would love to hear that story. So. This is where you guys, the Elder Scrolls Online EU community and listeners of Tales of Tamriel, can assist us with this. Let's take Nate through some trials. It'll yeah. be great. I'll swap you for some lore knowledge. There, he can regale you with the lore knowledge. There you go. If you bring it, let give him like a day notice of where he's going, and he'll go find lore about the, the trial for you and regale you with yeah. lore. <laughs> you got it. I, I pretty much just made you a, made a promise on your behalf, so now you're beholden <laughs> to it. So prepare. It's an easy promise to keep, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I would have done that anyway. So, all right. <laughs> nice yeah and trials are a lot of fun i know they can be kind of intimidating for players um who've never done them before the normal ones aren't that difficult like they're really not that bad and Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean it's just a matter of feeling like you know how to do the stuff because they do ramp up in difficulty pretty quickly once once uh you know you get moving on these things so um, yeah, definitely help Nate out. That'd be that'd be that would be amazing because I would love to actually hear you say, "Hey, I went through my first trial." You know, that would be that'd be really cool. Um, so I guess that that's the end of your tales for uh, this week, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. Other than boring stuff you don't know about, that's the end. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of boring stuff that you don't know about. Um, my tales is going to be pretty dreadfully short, unfortunately, as some of you know, um, on, of course I went through a data center migration at work. So real life work that, that kind of ate up all of my two weeks ago. I think Thursday it was two weeks, the 21st of April, we started this migration and that's pretty much all we did, right? Like that was it. Um, from Thursday till Sunday, I pretty much did not leave the office. Um, after that, it was a matter of, um, how do I want to say it? A matter of, um, yeah, it was just a real busy week. So I got very little games, very little, a little bit here and there, which was cool. So I got to play a little bit. Um, but then, uh, on Sunday of last week, I got a rather sucky message from our, uh, provider, our host provider that hosts uh, DungeonCrawlerNetwork.com that they suspended our account. And I was like, okay, whatever. You know, I was, it, they were like, you need to contact our Terms of Service account. I wasn't real worried. I thought someone who might have put in like a, you know, a copyright claim or something like that, which is not a real big deal because in all honesty, I have written permission for, you know, all the stuff we use. So it would have been like, all right, I just got to clear up anything. It's not going to be a big deal. Well, I contacted and here the the long and short of it was they disabled our website because we moved too much traffic. We have too much stuff, even though they're like, you have unlimited hosting, but we move so much traffic that they were trying to strong arm us into having to go with an entirely different server hosting package, which, 
is completely out of our price range. Um, and I was like, well, in all honesty, you guys, you know, like we're within the rules. You don't have any markings, but apparently there was some clause in there that it's up to their discretion on a one by one that if they see too much traffic, they can make changes, which was kind of kind of crappy. Uh, so they would not reactivate our account. They would not let me into our C panel. So I've ha- spent the past, well, since Sunday, pretty much from when I got home from work, Sunday, it was pretty much all day, but then it was from when I got home from work until one or two in the morning, every night, rebuilding the entire website from scratch. Like, cause I had nothing. I was able to download at least a couple of the MP3 files from, our Patreon for, because that's where I upload it for, you know, the early access for our Patreon supporters. Um, I was able to get some files there. I had to rip MP3s from our old videos off YouTube and a bunch of different stuff. So that's what I did. So I had to rebuild all of our RSS feeds. I had to rebuild the entire website from scratch. So a lot of my gameplay, unfortunately, that, you know, is, is taken up because of, of all this extra work that I, I've had to do in order to make sure that you guys could download the episodes um, that you guys so love, or so I hope. Um, as of right now, we are, the website's back up, and actually I was able to, uh, I got some help from Stormlords. Uh, he was able to help me, um, and is currently helping me with a bunch of uh, um, other tasks that I want to do for the website, so thank you, Stormlords, for that. Shout out there. Um, but the website's up and functional. All the articles are there and functional. Um, the only thing that's still missing is some of our older episodes for Tales of Tamriel is still not available. I think we have episodes, uh, I want to say 100 to 140, you know, to current are there, but the earlier episodes are still not there. So please bear with me while I am uh, having to go through and up, upload the new MP3 files and then as well... Uh, relink them to the old old posts. So that's going to take me a little bit of time. Do you have those? Do you have those hundred episodes already, or do you still need the files? Oh, I I, I do have them. I I was able to I was able to get them through a, a, a various different means. Uh, I was able to download a couple of them from Patreon. Um, I was able to the ones I couldn't get from Patreon. I was able to go to our YouTube, download the MP4 video, and then just strip the audio out of it. So, yeah, I do have them all, and I now have a local copy of all of our episodes. So if anything were ever to happen again, you know, we ha- I have something, right? I have, I have them again, it shouldn't, and this uh, problem shouldn't be as big as it was. Um, but, yeah, it, uh, well, it was unfortunate. That's, that's, uh, that's great effort, amazing effort. You see, that's what you get, people. That's what you get. You get this level of effort going on behind the scenes. It, it was it was a lot. Uh, there were a couple times where I was I was pretty darn depressed. I was just sitting here going, because of course we've been building this website like over three years, so having to rebuild it a hundred percent from scratch. I mean, even a lot of the pot, or a lot of the articles. Thank goodness for Google and their history. I had to go on Google and find cached versions of websites uh, of our web pages to try to rebuild everything. That's how, how I had to do it. It was awful. Um, but thankfully we're now back up and running as a website as a whole. 
And like I said, the, some of the older Tales episodes are not there. Our other podcasts, they're all there. Of course, they were a lot easier to do because, you know, a lot of our other shows aren't, aren't, don't have quite the legacy that Tales does. So I only had to do, you know, 20 episodes for those, not 140 something. So yeah, I'm, I'm getting, I will get them all back. But it, you know, obviously now that I actually have it, I've just been like, I'm going to take a little bit of time to myself um, and, and, you know, just try to try to rest a little bit. So I will get the other episodes there. It just may be a little bit. So if you are trying to go back and, and watch some of our older episodes, just note that I will have them up as soon as I can. It just might might be just a little bit all right so um and as of right now like i said all current episodes new episodes will be there it's just going to be the older ones that as i have 20 minutes where i'm you know not trying to relax or play a game or something i will okay let's upload four or five episodes and just do it like that every couple days and try to get everything back so they're not gone i have the episodes it's just you know it is what it is. So uh, take that with a with a grant. And I really do appreciate everyone's uh, patience while I was trying to get all this back up. So hopefully uh, you don't feel too uh, uh, jilted or anything of that nature and that, you know, we can go from there. Um, from what I actually got to play, and it was actually funny because I was just like you. I went and did the Naru quest line on the character that you see right here on the screen, my uh, my Dragon Knight, because you told me the other uh, like a week or two ago uh, that that is what you wanted to do. That you're like, we're gonna talk Naru. I said, absolutely, we're talking Naru. So I went and was doing all the Naru quest line, uh, the Lotus Plague in in Deshaun, and followed her around. Um, that was the one I did. Now, obviously, I haven't done the uh, the um, Gold Coast Naru version, so I'm at a loss there. But I was able to to see the love Naru today on her. Um, been playing the Dragon Knight a little bit. I'm still not. I mean, I know I'm early, but I don't know. I just I don't. The Dragon Knight feels so weird to me. I don't. I just don't. It feels odd when I'm not on my Templar. You know what I mean? Like. It's, I don't know. I don't know. Nate, do you do you have those issues when you play other characters? Um, well, I only really play two main two main characters. One's a Magblade, and one's a Stam DK. And Misa is is the stamina dragon knight, and just feels pathetic right now. So, uh, <laughs> well, I was gonna say, isn't that. isn't that? I was gonna say, don't is it stamina dragon knights in a bad spot right now or? Yeah, well, they they are if you're doing what I'm trying to do. Oh. Um, they, then they're not they're not great right now. They're not oh, great. I see. Particularly when you previously were were trying to deal significant damage in uh, in Cyrodiil. It's it's been it's been a bad time for us stamina dragon knights. But you know, hey ho, warden, blah blah blah, paywall, blah blah blah. It's yeah. Always, well, I mean, we're gonna get very homogenized for a bit. While right. everyone in Cyrodiil is a warden and chucking bears around, <laughs> you know, there should be a clause somewhere to say you can't. Very punny, very punny. I like Thank it you very much. <laughs> um, well, I mean, we can we can say you know, like a lot other gameplay has been 
Morrowind beta for me. We can say that. We can't talk about a lot. There's NDA, but they did talk. We can talk balance changes. Have have you been seeing a lot of balance issues? Um, um, it's hard to do a direct comparison, to be honest, because yeah. the, you know what you're doing is just very, very, very different from what I'm doing with my main characters. They're, they're not direct comparisons, so it'd be unfair to come, you know, to compare a right. sort of Magicka Warden to a Stamina Dragon Knight in the current build. So, right. so it's 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 hard it's hard to see those those changes bear out. To be honest, right now. No, and I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I know major thing is the, I don't even really care about the warden. I know some people complain about the, the changes to the utility of wardens. The fact that, you know, they have a sustainable way of getting like major mending stuff like that. I don't know, whatever. I, they were designed as a group class. Like it all depends on how it works out. But of course, during the PTS, things are going to change. And I, I played MMOs for long enough to know that these things are, you know, having your class completely redone. But I guess I'm I'm not as jaded because I've been jaded for so long because I played a Templar. So our, sta- our resource generation sucked all the time. So now I just, I feel a little happier that everyone else is in the same boat as me now. <laughs> Yeah, misery yeah. loves company. I'm like, ha ha. I've been dealing with this for three years. Welcome to my own personal hell. And now my hell feels a little better because everyone else is here. <laughs> well, that's what I've always said. If I'm going to hell, all my all my favorite bands are going to be there. So it's not a terrible place to be. Yeah, it's, but uh, it's, it's, it's the real the real the real meat will be you know when this stuff hits the live server and when people are able to do direct comparisons with their you know with their. Um, with their characters, we'll start to see some really interesting commentary, I think, on on some of the changes. But that's that's probably about as much as is fair to say without getting ourselves in trouble. That's true. Absolutely. Yeah, we definitely we want to adhere to the NDA, and we, we would never break the NDA here on Tales of Tamriel. It's not going to happen. So, um, But, yeah, it's – I don't know. I, I think there's some overreaction overall because – but, again, a lot of a lot of people who play this game – have never played other MMOs, so they're like, oh, these big sweeping changes. I'm like, all right, I played World of Warcraft for eight years. Every single pat or every single time they did an expansion, World of Warcraft is known for this where they pretty much redo the class system every patch. Or not every patch, every every expansion. So every time they do an expansion, every like two years or whatever, they redo, they overhaul everything to the point where the class isn't even recognizable anymore. Like... Mm-hmm. So whenever you're hopping in for a new, uh, the new, the whatever the latest new raid is or the new expansion, you are essentially spending several weeks learning your class because they're like, I mean, they remove whole abilities, they add new system mechanics for classes, they refine, you know, like yeah, they remove they removed baseline abilities from us before, where once upon a time you used it all, it was part of your rotation, and then they're like you know what, we're no longer going to do that anymore. This is now going to be a proc thing, or it's only going to be available to one spec, not every spec anymore. Like, that's what they do. So I'm used to that level of everything is changing, right? So it was never really surprising for me. It's like, all right, I'll take... Similar hmm? stuff has happened in ESO. I mean, they, they've done things where things have changed from being Magicka to Stamina or been Magic Damage to Physical Damage, and, and things like that can can make a real difference to how you play, particularly if you play in PvP, and I'm sure if you're playing Trials as well. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. 
that can cause hell. Oh yeah, having to rethink your group meta. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it does happen. So I mean, eh, it is what it is. It does it doesn't really bother me. Like I said, I'll take a few weeks, I'll learn my class. It won't be much different for me because I'm still gonna I'm not jumping on the warden uh wagon because I I just don't like the aesthetic. I've always been a Templar. I will always be a Templar, so you know, that's how it's gonna roll. Um, but in all honesty, maybe it's not such a jump for me because Templars have so little resource regeneration innately. We have really good resource regeneration in a group setting, but we can't use it ourselves. <laughs> you know, like the spears are wonderful. Mm. Uh, me, they're, they're a lifesaver, those spears. Oh yeah. Yeah. But a Templar themselves can't use them. Like you can't um. use your own thing cause it's a synergy. So our synergy abilities for group is amazing. But unless you're running with another Templar, you can't actually use the spears yourself. So, you know, for like for stamina, that was just something where I was just like, okay, I'm, I know I'm going to run out of stamina in like 10 seconds. So, um, and d- during the anniversary event, man, I did the same thing as you. I was doing, I, I didn't have as much time. So I had to, I had to figure out what can I do that's quick. Well, I have tons of crafting materials because what do I like doing? I like crafting, right? So I pretty much set up all my characters to be able to do writs. I like parked them next to the writ guys. I did like six or seven characters doing six writs a day because I do the writs on my main. Then I'd hop to my next character, do crafting writs on her, and then, you know, hop on down the list and just did crafting writs. And that's how I I got a lot of of those uh, holiday event stuff going on. So, yeah, that's that is that it was a very lucrative time for me because I I got a lot of materials and I got a lot of uh, motif pages that I didn't have a couple thieves guild uh, four or five Akaviri, which I was like, yes, because Akaviri you might not think about too much, but because it requires AP, I do so little PVP in this game that. Anytime it it can be bought only with AP, it's kind of like, uh, because I don't do it that often, so I don't have unlimited reserves. If it was gold, well, even gold, I, I I'm kind of a miser with my gold, so I don't I don't like buying motif pages if I can avoid it. Um, but like if it were something I could farm from like uh, like the the Wemmer stuff when it first came out. I made a a farming list of all the the Dwemer ruins in the game, and I would actually just do circuits, run all the I way remember. around, yeah, um, to get stuff. Yeah, you used to talk about doing that, and it was it was great. Well, it was one of those things where when Thais was actively playing, and we were still playing together, we didn't do quests without one another, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I still wanted to play, so. She's like, I don't care what you do, whatever. And this was back even, you know, when there were still veteran ranks. Um, I had actually pretty much maxed out my character only by doing doing these Dwemer Ruin runs because that's how I got all my experience because I just kept running them over and over and over again. And I, uh, yeah, like that, that's what I did. And by the time I realized it, it's like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm VR whatever already you know like vr10 or vr12 at the time and she was still like vr4 or whatever the case may be it was really funny but that's how i i did all my stuff i remember because i listened to an old couple of old episodes quite recently and there's an episode it's just you and Thais, 
and you leveled up and she didn't because you'd done something without her. And she was pissed. <laughs> he was angry for the entire episode. I'm sure only half-heartedly, but also at least half-genuinely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, she, she... Like, you, I, I, I got you leveled up without me. Yep. Uh, that's my Thais impression, by the way. Yeah, and which very good. I think very accurate. Um, and yeah. man, I mean, fair play to her. That yeah. was cruel. That was criminal. I, I, I know. I, uh, she was, uh, she was pretty upset at me that day. And I, I'll say, you know, she was kind enough to hit me with a bag of Valencia oranges. That would, you know, there was no bruise, so no one else. Know. But no, I'm just kidding. She, but uh, yeah, no, she was uh, not very happy with me that day. And I don't even remember what it was that I was doing. But at that point in time, it was before the birth of our son. So we were still playing together. But apparently she went to I bed think. or I don't I don't know what it was, but I did something else with I her. think is um, you had gone. It was something really simple, like you'd gone and dis- like discovered a couple of new locations and you had earned the XP for that and it had just tipped you over the edge. Yeah. So um and you know it was like you were farming or you were you know you were you were doing something like that and uh Yep, no it that does sound like you know I was that's all I was doing just running around doing something simple. Maybe even I was farming ore or something, and I see Arkaneer in chat going, I remember that. Uh, yeah, I was probably just farming ore or something, and in the process of farming ore, I got close to maybe like a point of interest or something and got the experience. But up until that time, because we played 100% together, it was whenever one of us would ding to a level, it would be simultaneous. And then yeah. while playing, all of a sudden it was ding, I leveled, and she's like, I still don't have... And yeah, you were playing without me. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know the answer to this. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I do remember that. That was, that was pretty funny. That was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, that was that was pretty much all I got to do. I got to play a little bit with Naru. I mean, I'm playing right now doing this. I did. I was able to log in a few times and get my because uh, it's something that I always do. I do my. My crafting writs is something that I I just I do I like doing the crafting writs, um, and I I really heavily focus on that, and that's what I've been doing mostly for this week. Because obviously, like I said, for those who know the story, my my game time has been a mess. So like, what I've been doing is even the crafting writs. I did it while I was like uploading files. It's like oh I I I've up, I'm uploading ten MP3s. It's gonna take ten minutes. Okay, all right. Well, then let's uh, let's log on to ESO and do a crafting writ or something, you know. So that's pretty much what it was that I've been doing. So that's kind of the end of our tales, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to actually before we do news, we are going to talk about one thing from news uh, that they did, and then it's kind of it kind of pars in with tales. They were asking with uh, with morrowind coming out which happens to be like almost identical on the 15 year anniversary of elder scrolls 3 morrowind they were asking uh on twitter and stuff like that for what were our favorite memories of of morrowind and um do you have any particular memories from when you were playing morrowind nate 
Well, the overlasting one is is when you meet. Uh, is it Orgnum, the Dwemer guy? Oh, Bagram, Bagram, Bagram Yagriff. Yeah, because and the reason that's a favorite memory is because at the the first time that happened, like the significance of that was not, I say lost on me, but it's not the same as had I have never played Morrowind and then went back and saw that scene for the first time. Um, so I would pick out that as my, because it's, you know, the whole Dwemer, uh, I say story, lack of story really, uh, is one of my favorite parts of the game. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, I 100% agree with that. It's, um, um, we did an interview with, uh, Ashes of Creation, uh, an upcoming MMO developer, uh, this past week. And we were talking about story in the world and he was saying, you know, he's been very, you know, he want he didn't want to tell a lot of story about the game specifically because he wants people to explore it and he likes that mystery. And I took the opportunity to, of course, talk about Morrowind and, uh, and, um, Elder Scrolls in general by going, yeah, I like that sense of mystery. One of my favorites in, in lore, um, is from the Elder Scrolls series with the fact that the developers never tell us exactly what happened. They hint, but they never tell us. And it's a great hook because every time a game comes out, we're all like, I want to learn more about the I want to learn more about the but I, in the back of our heads, I can almost say every single one of us never really wants to find out exactly no. without a shadow of a doubt because the mystery is is what draws so much. I would actually, I would I would be very disappointed if 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 Todd the God Howard came out and was like this without a doubt is definitively what happened to the Dwemer. I'd be like, wow, yeah. now I know. Oh, do you? I agree. And you can you can do a lot. You could do a lot to answer that question without answering the question. You know, little hints. You know, a new book, and it'd be very difficult to do that in Elder Scrolls Online in its current form, because anything that was on a wide level understood in the game, lore wise, could only be uh, explained away in the fact that no one in Oblivion or Skyrim ever mentioned it as oh, it was forgotten. Or, oh, yeah, no one wrote that down. I knew I should have had my notebook with me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I mean... You couldn't, you couldn't really do that. Yeah. However, you could have Elder Scrolls VI Dwemer, um, for example. But I think it would kill one of the, you know, the big mysteries, um, you know, because oh. you'd have to answer it. Right. You'd have to answer it, so no. I, I leave it, leave it, leave it, leave it unanswered. Yeah, I mean, uh, do you ever watch Futurama? Have you ever seen Futurama? <laughs> have I? Yeah. Have I watched it too much? <laughs> well, you know the the one where they're, I guess it was, I forget what the whole premise was. Was it like the what if machine or the professor finds yeah. something and he discovers the the answers to all questions, like the, what the universe, like how the universe was created. And then he's all depressed because he's like, I lived my life for the questions and now I have nothing. There's nothing else for us to explore. And honestly, it's weird, but I would feel that way if someone, if I knew without a shadow of a doubt the exact reason the Dwemer disappeared. I mean, I would have that exact same moment where he's, you know, when he discovers like the reason for the universe, he's like, Eureka! You know, like it was exciting. And then afterwards, he's like, oh, but now I have no more questions, you know? And then you'd hit that yeah. depressed moment of, wow, now I, I really, I, I have nothing else, right? 
Yeah, and the, there are things you can do. You know, the big question is why did the Duema disappear? All of them, all at the same time, without any explanation, without any trace. Like that's kind of that's the overarching question. This huge society of of dwarves, um, dwarves, elves. You know, what, what, I'm trying to think what the official. What did they call them? Dwemer. Like, so, are what are you what are you what are you referring to? Like just the. There's a there's a term. Mer. No, 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 no. Um, I'm can't believe it's because it's late here. And I'm totally blanking here. But there's a, you know what? Forget it. I'll I'll look it up and we'll come back to this in future. When I remember the term I'm trying to think of here, okay. um, it'll all make sense. Uh, but the fact is, you could you could still do a lot with them, um, and and explain a lot, you know, about their daily lives and their societies. And there are books, you know, that that do talk about that in in all the games, um, but just not answering the question of how they disappeared you could do well i mean and that and that is part of one of the reasons why we have all this dwemer stuff is and why it's such a mystery is because when they disappeared every the thing is and the thing that i like most about it is it's not a a one thing we know that they disappeared like we know that at the battle of red mountain all of a sudden they just vanished it's not like a um I forget which what what I was reading. I think it was like World War Z or something like that. So it's not even really related to fantasy. But they talked about uh, in that book, you know, before the zombie apocalypse or whatever, that the North Koreans just went into a hill one day and they just never came back out. You know, like slowly hmm. and surely, like one by one, we start seeing less and less as they just, you know, went into their underground bunkers. This is, you know, and we don't really know, like, this one, like they were the 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 Velothi and the uh, Dwemer were facing off in battle, like face to face. Like there's that some Dunmary guy swinging his sword, and all of a sudden it just slashes through thin air because they disappeared. You know, we know that we just don't know what the cause of it was, and because of that, we do have a lot of Dwemer information because they left. It's not like they had time to hide anything, like. I, I'm pretty sure most of them didn't think that they were going to disappear. They were planning on going home that night after the battle, you know, licking their wounds or whatever the case. So everything that yeah. they had been working on is still there. It's just they, you know, they aren't. They they aren't. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So it, it's neat how it, it's not like uh, not like modern anthropology and stuff like that. In a lot of cases, where we're like, how did these people live? We know how they lived. Like. There's documented evidence of how they lived and what they did. It's just we don't know what happened to them. Mm. And and neither does Yagram when you meet him. Well, yeah. So I forget. I forget. It was something like he wasn't on Earth. He like on Nern. He, he was wasn't. Some nope. else. So like they all vanished, and it's kind of like coming home and just finding everyone you know has vanished. But he he was none the wiser yeah well and that's vanished. that's what they talked about the dwemer had this ability um they were known to have this ability of trans-dimensional travel and he even said mm. i was not on this plane of existence when the battle yeah. of red mountain happened i was elsewhere when i came back everyone's gone so yeah and they had they had some mad stuff they the dwemer had airships yeah like they had there's a there's a thing in red guard where there's an there's an airship yeah no they they were insanely advanced as a as a uh a civilization um they obviously they were very cruel as well like that was something that they that they mentioned they were very cruel um 
evidenced by the what they did with the Falmer, the 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 snow elves when they tried to flee and mm. hide with the Dwemer. The Dwemer were like, sure, come on in, we'll take care of you, and then like slowly feeding them poisons so that way they uh, they go blind. Another evidence is if thirty sex lessons of Vivek. Oh, here we go. <laughs> um, he talks about the Nechaman's wife, and when they realize that the egg, as they call it, the egg that holds Vivek is within this Nechaman's wife, they do horrible things to her. They try to cut it out with knives. They try to burn her and get the egg out. Like, they were essentially strapping her down and cutting her apart with knives in order to try to get the egg out of her. Like... It's it's dark what the Dwemer were doing. They were not they were not good people, so to speak. Like, you know what I mean? It, it it's dark. And eventually, in order to spare his quote unquote mother any pain, any more pain, he causes her to go into a coma. And then when they finally remove the egg, he lets her die, right? You know? So yeah. Yeah, kind of interesting, right? Like it, they're they were not kind elves. They were dark. They were very, I shouldn't say dark. They were very logical. They were uh, um, essentially they were, they were they were they were prone to conflict, shall we say? Yeah, they they were atheists too. They didn't believe in in any divinity whatsoever, uh, or I shouldn't say atheists. They were agnostic. They knew there was something out there, but they worshipped no gods. They believed the Dwemer themselves could create the power hence the 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 medium that they tried to create um did i calcer shades did i did i say shades or did i say lessons i don't remember what Uh, i said anymore when i said okay good because that's the actual word (laughs) yeah i'm speaking of words by the way i had to google the term that i forgot earlier deep elves deep elves that, that was the simple term that somehow escaped me that's what i was trying to go for that's one of the ways that they were described anyway, well, that, that was annoying me for about 10 minutes so i had to do the answer <laughs> well deep elves is actually just the literal translation of dwemer that's that's exactly what it is i i i know exactly what you're talking about now yeah like um the dwemer literally are dwemer deep means people. deep elves um yeah. because mer is of course elf is the elf form and i mean if you look at it uh um Dunmer was, I think, what changed elves or something like that. It's like the literal translation because they were changed from what they were originally. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Now, lore. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. A little bit of lore that you didn't even know you wanted. But we're going to hop into um, some of the news, and then we're going to get into even more lore. So stay tuned. Uh, first up on the news docket is, as uh, I scroll up on the list as I'm getting killed, uh, login timers. Login times, yeah. This is just something that I wanted to mention briefly, largely just to see if I'm the only one that's experiencing this. But I have noticed over the last couple of weeks that the amount of time it takes to go from typing in a password to getting to the character selection to then getting through requesting character load and getting to the game, it is a lot slower. A lot slower. It's not just you. Um, even before the, just, Even before the stream, I tried to boot up the game. And while we were, you know, a lot, you might have thought a lot of that conversation you and I had were just catching up. It was actually me stalling for time while I'm waiting to make sure the game would actually load. 
It's it's really frustrating, to be honest. It's frustrating. So I wanted to mention it just to make sure it wasn't, you know, wasn't just me or it wasn't just EU. And I have seen people talking about it on the forums as well. But, um, you know, I think I think it needs addressing because it's it just it feels like such a drag to log in sometimes. And it's been particularly annoying when you're playing Skyrim off an SSD and it loads in like nine seconds. Right. From from not loaded to being in the game. It's it's quite jarring to go back to that. But you know there was that um and the other and the other thing is there was uh, that I, I put in news was just the extended downtime that's happened recently because for the last for the last couple of patches on the games they these servers have been down for hours and while it's not uncommon in an mmo for servers to be offline um for a period of time each week in europe particularly because they do it in the daytime they don't do it overnight they take them offline at about eight o'clock in the morning in london time and uh sometimes they're back around lunchtime but for the last couple of weeks, they've been offline until the end of the afternoon, almost early evening. And, you know, six, seven hours of offline time. Um, we, I just think it's kind of unacceptable, to be honest, um, right. and really very, very frustrating, particularly when, I mean, you see people on Twitter in particular using very unpleasant language mm-hmm. um, to vent their frustration and talking about compensation and, extra game time and and i sort of think i'll oh, calm down calm down but at the same time i think well actually you know if you think about you're paying for 30 days of time and if you're in the uk and you're and you can't play for basically the whole of the day i actually think yeah maybe you should be given a little bit of time back or, or a, a bit of time at the end of the year that totals all the downtime they had is just goodwill i don't know it's sort of when it's when it's happened two weeks in a row, it, it's it's frustrating. Um, and I, I, I emailed um, Zos to, to just to sort of get a bit of a sense for why this is recently, because normally the downtime is is a lot less than this. Um, but it seemed to affect the European mega server worse than the US one because they often go offline at the same moment. Although obviously it's it's early middle of the night for the US where it's it's morning for Europe. Right. Um but the Europe ones were offline even after the American ones went back online. So a lot of people in Europe always feel that, you know, Zos, you know, being a US company always favor the US and the and Europe kind of gets stuck with, you know, the more inconvenient times and the longer maintenance period and things. So I emailed them and said, right, I've seen a lot of this stuff online. What's the deal? Uh, and I've got a response if you want to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. Zos sent me, uh, which I think they also posted to the forums. Uh, Once in a while, we have to do some extended work to our data center, and sometimes it takes longer than it should due to unintended consequences. Today's downtime was required to upgrade parts of the data center in preparation for Morrowind's launch. It took longer than we thought because we ran into a couple of issues relating to network security that was preventing different parts of the network talking to each other. It's never fun for anyone when we have extended downtime like this, but it's always for a good reason. We try to schedule downtime at the least populated time for the game. Brackets, remember that ESO is worldwide and downtime will always inconvenience some players no matter when it happens. Um, We always strive to get everything back up and running quickly and do everything we can to maintain windows uh, to keep maintenance windows as short as possible, you know, which is a very sugar-coated way of of dodging the fact that you know it was down all day <laughs> if you were in Europe. But um, yeah, but that's a PR answer. It was definitely a PR. It's a very answer. PR answer, and you would expect it. It came from a you know one of the PR team. Yeah. But that said, I wanted to raise it, and 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 I think I think better communication could be done. I think something you know could be done when when these like 
all day downtime maintenance patches happen, it wouldn't take a lot to just calm some of that hate uh, on on Twitter um, and from people who feel like they've really lost out. And you know, you see, you often see people like, "Oh, I had a day off today, and I was going to play," you know, such and such. And you know, that's a tangible annoyance for someone, particularly if they're a subscriber to ESO Plus, and it's like, well all right, if I wasn't paying you, fair enough, but I've just lost one thirtieth of what I've paid you for today. And I, right. I do think for ESO Plus, a little bit of um, you know, love could be shown for those players. But hey, as Ag says, it is what it is. Um, and so. I'm no, and <laughs> I, I understand the frustration. And I, I'm not saying it just to be like this, because honestly, I just went through a data center migration, right? I know crap can go wrong. Hence why I was working like 14 hour days for like two weeks. Okay. Like I know crap can go wrong. Um, But with that being said, I, you know, as a person who's doing that, I'm still getting paid. I got paid for it. I I don't feel like compensation is not necessarily a, a bad thing. I, but I honestly also believe that if you're ESO plus, it should be ESO plus only like those, those, philistines i had other words but i don't want to say it uh that are not paying well you can go sit on a dwemer for all i care I, you know yeah i mean i would i would extend the claw of sympathy a, a, a little more uh in that they only have the game because they paid for it right so even though they're not subbing they have still paid for something they can't use um and i think it's just it's a little bit about communication and i think that you know if it was, if this thing was super, super regular, like it was every week, it was off for an entire day, you know, that is different. But I, I do at least think that, yeah, for, you know, ESO plus people, it, it could be made a little less sore by doing something about it. But even if it was know, just yeah. for the time that you were down, it doesn't even have to be a lot. Like if you were down, like if, if you come out and say, we're going to be down four hours, right? Why? And it becomes eight. You can run a SQL script and adjust the end time of everyone who's playing for ESO plus by four hours, because you know, that's what it is. It's not a, from when you click your credit card, it's not of, okay, exactly 12 midnight on the first is, you know, when it's going to cut off. No, if you did it at six o'clock at night and six o'clock at night, 30 days later is when it's going to go off. Right. So why not just run a script to, you know, add four hours to all ESO plus members. Well, you wouldn't even need to do it on a weekly basis. You could do it every every month, and and you just say, well, this is the amount of time the servers were offline uh, this month, uh, and just round it up to the nearest day. Sure, you know, or or round it down. You know, if it was offline for, I mean, this month, I I, I don't know, it's it's quite a lot, but you know, just give everyone a day of bonus time. I mean, what does that is that going to make a difference? To if that makes a difference to Zoss's bottom line, then the, then they're in trouble. <laughs> the game's in bigger trouble than we thought. Yeah, so, exactly. like if if they, you know, it would be an easy fix, you know, or you know, once every three months, just add it up and just say, right, well, the servers are offline for this for good reason, and it is good reason. It is like that's the thing. Like even without knowing this patch, like they do not want those servers offline any longer than the players do. In fact, I'd argue they want it offline less than the players do um, because they have to deal with the hate from the players that it affects. And that is a significant bummer, particularly if you're in charge of running these things or if you're a community manager. Right. Um, so, you know, they don't want that. And and it's, it's not going to be off for a minute longer than it needs to be. But oh. at the end of the day, 
not everybody knows that. Yeah. Uh, not everybody is uh, knows that this is an MMO thing. I mean, I'm not a long-time MMO player, but I've played enough to know that servers go offline every week or every couple of weeks for some maintenance, and that's just what you do. You, you, there's no alternative. It's not like an email server where everything's mirrored and duplicated. These things are either on or they ain't. Um, right. So it, it has to be done. It does. It's about it's communication and, and token gestures that just keeps people sweet. Yeah, exactly. Because I can tell you as a, you know, as one of those guys who does server maintenance, because that is my day job. Oh, I sure as hell don't want to take that. I don't like doing it at all. I don't want to do it. I don't want, if I have to stay late because of something went wrong, oh, I am crabby. You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't freaking want to be here. I want to go home, you know? But unfortunately, this stuff happens, right? So, but I do agree, like, Maybe not That's... so much on the one-offs, but the fact this is specifically with EU has been happening a few times. And again, they're running into issues, but it's with the EU data center. So why is the EU data center not an exact mirror to the US one? I don't know. I don't know without looking at this stuff, but at which point, you know, since it only seems to be affecting EU, and it really is only mm. affecting EU, they maybe need to look at their data center. And find out. Well, the thing is, uh, is in the EU. I think it's in Germany, and it didn't used to be. Yeah, when the guy, when the game first started, there were two mega servers, but they were both located in America. Yeah, and then a little bit after launch, they built an entirely new data center in Europe. um, You know, to deal with latency issues and pings and stuff, um, which, which didn't affect me that much because I think they were East Coast in the US to begin with and we're yeah. about as close to the East Coast as you can be in Europe. Um, and um, and they moved them. So they are di- physically different buildings and different teams doing this stuff. They're, uh, it's, it's not like they're next door or it's, or it's just, you know, it's all in the same building. It's just two different racks of servers. So, right. you know, again, I, I totally forgive the, the difference in time. It's, I mean, it's just annoying. I mean, it makes you wonder, therefore why they have to take them offline at the same time. Like just take the Europe one offline at the same relative hour as the US and I would think um, that as well, but this makes me wonder whether or not they if what makes me think is that they don't have a competent team in Frankfurt. That the US team is handling both maintenances. That's what I'm thinking. I could be wrong. I have Yeah. That's a good answer if it's all software. With these patches, the reason I think it might be different is because it might be, you know, physically hardware drives, disk drives. I mean, you know, anyone who knows about how server systems work, like it's giant sacks of very thin computers all stacked up in racks in giant rooms. Um, it may well be that they're physically putting more stuff into these uh, machines to, to have them run. So, Generally speaking, but you would think that the data centers would see, and I'm coming from a different group, where you want uniformity in your in your hosting provider, uh, especially when you're doing these kinds of stuff, because you don't want to have that variable of I go to install something and all of a sudden it doesn't work the same way because the the back end sand is no longer the same. It's not replicating data the same way. Therefore, we have to have a whole new coding team go in and correct the way that it, it's replicating. You don't want that. That is not something you want. So I'm thinking that the hardware needs to be identical. Like they're essentially buying the exact same hardware 
and then they just shipped it to Frankfurt because the Frankfurt it's just a data center. They re- they are renting out space in Frankfurt. That's all it is. It was a big empty warehouse. They rent out server space, and that's where it's at. And I would assume that they were trying to keep the same hardware so that way there's no, you know, it's pretty much a copy-paste of what we're putting here is what we're going to put there. I have no proof one way or the other, so please don't don't say this is the gospel, this is theory only, um, because I, I don't know. I'm not privy to their data center setups. It could be... They rented space in Frankfurt, and they're and the Frankfurt guys are like this is what we use. Good luck making yeah. stuff work. It's not outside the realm of possibility, but you know, it, I would as as a data center system admin, I would want the exact same software at least in in that regard. So that way, I could remove as many variables as I could from the equation of why didn't this work, but. You know, maybe that's not always an option. Uh, I think that's the end of the news. We're going to roll right on into our, because we, wow, we're actually still moving along, but we, we're going to roll into the last section for this episode of Tales of Tamriel, the thing that we've all wish was in our lives more, Nario. That's right. Oh, yes. <laughs> Nate, I'm just going to let you go nuts with this, and I'm going to try to throw in where I can, if that's good with you. Yep, this is absolutely fine with me now. I basically, a little bit of reasoning behind this. So for those of you who aren't aware, in the new, uh, the new chapter, Morrowind, you are going to be spending a whole hell of a lot of the time with Nariu. As the trailers, that's not breaking NDA, the trailers have made it very clear you're going to be spending a lot of time with a woman called Nariu Virian. So I thought, well, wouldn't it be a good idea for us to spend some time on this episode kind of getting a bit behind the scenes and, and getting behind out. Nariu. Oh yeah. Getting Sorry. behind Nariu. And <laughs> you uh, just had to pause there for a second. Cause as the thought went by, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And not for the first time. Uh, <laughs> and, just, and really looking at, you know, who is Nariu? Because I think it's, she's an interesting character. She's one of these characters that uh, throughout uh, Elder Scrolls online in particular, she's, um, a recurring character, kind of like Darren Gutierre. Mm-hmm. This is Gutierre. Gutierre. It's French. You know, oh, well. Yeah, that that guy, the guy that Ag loves, and I, I don't like at all. I think he's a nars. Um, <laughs> as we say, do, do hundred be hundred percent honest with Garen, Darren Gutierre. The one reason why I like him. Have you ever seen the show Archer? Um, I've seen episodes of Archer. He and reminds I think, you know, me of Archer. That's why I like yeah. him so much. That that you I think know. I know. And um and you know and like Stibbons with Lady Clarice, um, oh, Stibbons, you know, good old Stibbons, good old. There's a great Stibbons um, um, quest in Rothgar, incidentally, which which I also did this week. Um, I don't know if you've done that, but uh, I've, a, a I've great... done it on alts. Yes, I have done it, and I know which one you're talking about. I love Stibbons. Poor yeah, Stibbons. he's he's great. So you run into these characters, and, and Razumdar, obviously, is a you know, firm favor, I think, for, for most people. You run into these characters all the way through. Um, but this is the first DLC, I think, where it's around, uh, about, around one person. So I thought, let's learn a little bit about her, because she's mm-hmm. neat. So we'll start at the beginning, uh, which is basically what she is she's a member of a group as i think people know called the morag who are 
uh, a group of uh, assassins uh, kind of operating within or, or did operate uh, sort of within the law uh, um, in uh, in Morrowind. And they've been around since, uh, I think, the first era, certainly predating anything you see in, in the game. They predate uh, the Dark Brotherhood, too. Well, they do, and, and the Dark Brotherhood has been referred as the as the child of uh, of the Morag Tong, um, which we will come to as well. And you know, they were they were contract killers basically, and they existed in Morrowind um, largely to sort out uh, disputes between the houses in Morrowind, um, which again I think will become clear in in uh, in the in the chapter, uh, and obviously in the in the in the the main game Morrowind, people people know this. And yeah, the Dark Brotherhood, I, I mean, they're referred to often as like a splinter group. Um, and they're, they're a little different. The, I mean, one of the main differences between the Dark Brotherhood and, and the Morag Tong, apart from the fact that the Dark Brotherhood are still around in uh, in Skyrim, which the Morag Tong basically isn't, um, is they were not, they were not like a government sanctioned sort of group of problem solvers. They were they will basically kill anyone except each other and um they will operate across all of tamriel whereas um i i think the morag tong were primarily morrowind focused. they are primarily morrowind now they're illegal within morrowind but only within morrowind exactly exactly so you know one of the things that's interesting about naryu is that um you know you are she's very nervous because being even being associated with somebody from the Morag Tong is pretty dangerous. Certainly, being in the Morag Tong is very very dangerous. So when you first when you first meet her and you meet her in a quest in Dashan. So if you played if you started out your character in Ebonheart Pact, uh, you get to Dashan pretty quickly. Um, uh, it, in fact, isn't it, I think it's a second zone, isn't it? It it is the second second zone in the line, yes. And she's pretty much one of the very first characters you meet. Period. Yeah, in, in it, certainly in terms of the extra, you know, these the sort of what, what I call main NPCs, you know, which is Stibbons and Razumdar and um, Nariu and Darren Gutierrez and, and and those guys. And um, you meet her during a quest, uh, a very big series of quests, actually, about the Lodos Plague, uh, and specifically in the village of Narsis. Uh, just to go back in time, because I think you covered this on like episode four or something of, of Tales of Tamriel, uh, the Lodos Plague is infecting this, this little village uh, called Narsis, um, and you're looking to solve it. And you find out why eventually about... Um, I think we can talk a few spoilers at this point. At but... this point with the base game where it's at. Yes. If you have not at this point, I guess I'm fine with talking spoilers on a lot of things, maybe not the brand new stuff, but what we'll do before we talk spoilers, we will just say, if you haven't done quest in X zone, you may want to skip ahead or something. So that way people know. Yeah. So if you've not done the quest in Deshaun for whatever reason, this is going to deal very heavily with the main story of the Deshaun uh, zone. So skip ahead there. Spoiler. <laughs> you have been warned. Right. I can ruin everything now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So a lot of the blame is being put on this group um, called the Moorborn. Um, and a lot of the storyline revolves around there. So you're, you're investigating this quest already. The quest doesn't start with Naru. But um, as part of your search, you're searching for this this guy called Ralden. He's, he's a counselor. He's in charge of some stuff in, in Narsis. And um, as part of this search, you end up in a basement and you see this woman in uh, 
dark black and red leathers um, interrogating mm. this courier uh, called um, Evis Morris. And I know that because I played through all these quests in advance uh, to write all this stuff. Um, so you... Uh, Hostile to begin with, she advises you pretty much to get away and not get embroiled in what she's up to. But she does admit that you're on the same side, but for different reasons. She gives you this letter to go to Rolden to give some more details about the plague. So at this point, you know, you're already starting to work together. But what you already know about Nariu at this point is that she's a badass. Mm-hmm. Um, she'll beat people up and kind of enjoy it. She, talk, she talks about like getting to her favorite part of an interrogation, but explanation is not given as to what that favorite part involves. <laughs> um, so you've got this sense that someone who, you know, very determined, uh, but has, you know, kind of got a flexible side to her as well. So, um, you know, you bump into her again, I think, a little later in either that quest or a slightly later quest when you both work out, you're both trying to get rid of this group called the Morborn who are blamed for the Lodos Plague. And you you join her in a fight. Um, I think it's against the Morborn, but if memory, I, I forgot, because I couldn't remember if it was just bandits or... But at some point, you're sort of sniping out a whole bunch of enemies and she's she's there. And at the end of it, she reveals uh, quite a lot more because she now thinks that she can trust you and she tells you that um she's with her quote-unquote partner varon daval who's another dunma by the way nari is a dunma she's a dark elf mm, um, so hot yeah she's a which means she has a british accent and mm-hmm. she's um uh yeah this guy varon who is also part of the morag tongue so there's a, these two tong uh tongs we'll call them uh she reminds us of course that being associated with morog tong or even or just being known to maybe associate with the morog tong is basically as good as being given a death sentence so really kind of laying out very early on that um you know she's a shady shady girl now the interesting thing is um uh you then hang on i've lost my train of thought where exactly was i i remember putting this side note in because i did some extra research and saw in the Elder Scrolls wiki that um, Varon is a senior member and apparently these are the only two remaining members of their cell within the Morag Tong. Mm-hmm. Um, Does they work because they, they operate in cells of a couple people. Right. Yeah. But so I wasn't I wasn't sure whether at this time there was actually loads more of the Tong around and this is just the two of them or if actually they were part of some huge group and there's only two of them left. So I wasn't I wasn't really sure because, I mean, it's still at this point, like they're still pretty persecuted, I think. Well, it, a lot of, of um, I, I have to look at your notes. I don't know if you have it in here, but the run, one reason why they are so per- – let me just let me, give me two seconds here. I just want to make sure I'm not jumping ahead and make stealing your stuff. Uh, okay. Uh, one of the reasons why they're so persecuted is because they were responsible for the death of the potentate, the mm. – uh, yeah, they're actually the ones who were responsible for the death of the potentate, uh, Varissa Deshay, who was they the, assassinated. Yes, they, that was the highest level contract I think they've ever had. But what made it so bad was the fact that they wrote Morag Tong on the wall in Varissa Deshay's blood. Yeah, and that you know, and everyone's sitting there going, "Oh, you know." It's one of those things where it's like the rumors of, oh, it was probably them, but the fact that, you know, they had the um, the hubris to write their own organization on the wall, like taking credit for this, what was supposed to be a secret, has now put them on the out and outs with the Empire as a whole because it's like, 
dude, you just slew our standing emperor, right? You know, that's what came to the outlawing of the Morag Tong in the Empire as a whole. Only reason why they're not outlawed in Morrowind is Morrowind was the only province that when, and even later on in the Empire, that was solid enough that Tiber Septum didn't, conquer it but allow, allow them to pretty much remain autonomous under their own rulers and uh join the empire only at their own you know own will it was at their terms everyone else was forcibly conquered and absorbed into the empire uh vardenfell and morrowind are part of the empire in name only they they pay homage to the almost like lip service but in no way can the empire enforce its will upon Morrowind? So they're completely autonomous. That's why the outlaw of the Morag Tong does not extend to uh, Morrowind and Vardenfell because, you know, the emperor can decree all he wants, but, uh, you know, we're essentially sovereign. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, jumping, jumping ahead massively, you know, the reason that a lot of this stuff doesn't come up is, you know, if you I mean you take Skyrim, Skyrim's in the fourth era. Basically, the Morag Tongue are gone mm-hmm. uh, in this point. You know, there, I think there are rumblings, and I think it came up in the Dragonborn uh, DLC actually that maybe it's been reformed, uh, or some people are trying to reform it. But basically, it was it was on the down from there, and a lot of people went into hiding um, into the into the shadows, as as they would say. Uh, but the, but the Dark Brotherhood, you know, really took over yeah. um, in terms of sort of assassination groups and stuff so you know that's a little bit of history and and the um the uh varon the uh, sorry varon the the other guy from the tongue we'll come back to him in a bit because i thought it was worth mentioning him so we'll return there um but in a so in a later quest just continuing with a few things that we know about naru so far uh in a later quest you're um you're actually sort of doing the bidding of uh, the uh, the tribunal's finest mother morrowind uh almalexia herself mm. You know, good friend of Vivek, who you'll um, uh, come to know well. Um, basically, uh, she, as in uh, Naru, not Almalexia, um, she is keen to protect Mournhold from the Moorborn. Uh, uh, essentially, because what happened to Narcissus was pretty nasty, um, and they don't want that to happen to Mournhold, hence Almalexia's concern as well. So, she, but she's very keen, even at this point, I remember, she's very anxious not to mention that she's from the Morag Tong, particularly to Amalexia. Now, Amalexia, I think, also points out that she knows all this, but doesn't seem to care, which I think also makes Amalexia a bit of a badass. Um, so you, you're doing a bit more trailing and working with her. You go to um, the pub in Mournhold, the Flaming Nicks. Yep. Um, you poison some guy, get some oh. keys. You remember the, the worst following quest in the game, in my opinion, is very easy to get caught um, to a nearby farm. And then you head into this basement system of tunnels as part of this quest. And I'm trying not to spoil too much of the storyline here by being uh, discreet in case anyone's keen to go back and, uh, and, and replay these on an alt or something. I, I, but there do are two... to, I do have to mention one thing, though, that whole yeah. the Flaming Nyx was probably the hottest scene with Naru ever. Because remember when she's like flirting with the courier? Oh God, yeah. yeah. Well, because, well, she's sort of flirting to you because yeah. you can't see the courier behind you, and she's sort of like, "Oh, he's going, he's going there." Yes, get close to me. Yep, you're laughing now, aren't you? Yes, <laughs> get a bit closer. Okay, he's walking near the door. Something like that, and it's 
very seductive. And it's interesting because, you know, as a side note, you um, if you've got the persuasion skill, um, some of the like closing lines of conversation with Nario, you can either say goodbye as the standard, but sometimes you can use persuasion and say things like, I hope I see you soon. Or, um, you know, <laughs> to which we know what you wrote you. every time, right? Yeah. Yeah, which obviously you do, except to my, oh, this bloody art I was playing and I didn't have that. So I just had to say, bye. <laughs> Don't care about you, Nario. Anyway, so you're in these you're in these tunnels, and there are two interesting revelations that came out here uh, about or or to do with Nari. The first is that she describes Varon, that other Dunma guy from the Morgton, um, as her partner, and obviously that could just be a partner. But there's a lot of concern. If you Google Nari Virian, one of the top results is something like "Is Nari Virian single?" Dot dot dot. Asking <laughs> for a friend. It's a really funny Reddit thread. Um, but it's the only time in the whole time where like there's even a hint that she's in any way involved with somebody because she describes this guy as a partner describes that uh, he'd wring her neck or something uh, if she knew she'd been in a dangerous place. And then she says she wishes he was here. And it made me think, Hmm, interesting. Is there a little backstory there to Varon? Um, just in case anyone's curious. Um, now you, 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 you don't find out, but I thought that was quite interesting. It's I'm a little jealous. Thing. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it's the only hint, and you're not able to kill him. So oh. now I'm now I'm really jealous. So <laughs> the second did you, interesting... did you actively try to kill him? Like that's what I'm wondering. Like after you read that, like hmm. I just think it would annoy her too much, you know. And she she ain't the girl you want to be pissing off. Let's be honest. I just feel um, like he's not you know, right he's... for you. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, there were some patch notes years ago, um, very early patch notes once, where one of the lines in in the patch notes was something like, uh, Naru now correctly stares into some guy's face while she stabs him in the head. It was something as visceral as that, I think, in like a really early patch years ago, but... Anyway, she's a badass. That's that's the point here. But when you're in these tunnels, she describes that the tunnels under Mournhold used to be a hideout for the Morag Tong, long abandoned, but she remembers them. So, you know, you don't know how old she is, but she's not that old, you know. So within her lifetime, the Morag Tong had some base underneath Mournhold, which made me, made me wonder, like, were there more? Like, are there lots of these old abandoned tunnels that were used by Morag Tong everywhere? And we've only ever seen this one um, in, this, in the second era in this game. Right. Uh, outside of Morrowind, obviously, because in in Morrowind, the game, you you go to the whole the abandoned base thing, don't you? And so that you know that particular scene, you learn a little bit more about Nari, a little bit more about the background and the story about the Morag Tong. Particularly if you hadn't played Morrowind, um, you know you were learning a lot about who this group was at this point, but very mysteriously, right stuff and then uh you know later on in the game and this is when you're in east march so you're you're done with deshaun th- do you move into east march next uh deshaun you go into shadow fen yeah. next okay so you deal if with you the argonians and then ordered. you go and do all the stuff with with the wonderful saxville uh, eventually you get to east march and then there's a quest uh uh in uh, fort amal uh, which is in the southwestish area of East March, and you, uh, as part of a quest, you bump into Nari dressed as a servant girl. Mm. And there's a brief little bit of role play when, and then she recognizes you. She's like, "Oh, do you want more bread?" And blah blah blah. And then she's like, "Oh, it's you." 
from Deshaun, and he's quite fun. Can, and um, can I mention so one more thing here? Oh, that was awesome. It's a little later on, but when you do the main storyline, like at the like when you finish before you either go to Cold Harbor or right at the end, you meet Razem Dar. So it's it's like the main at the end of the main the main quest, right? The 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 vestige quest. But if you talk to Razem Dar. He actually makes mention of, "Hey, your friend Nari over there. Tell her she can uh she can dress up as a maid and come to Razum Dar's house anytime she wants." Yes, <laughs> yes, and you do see a lot of flirting with Nari. In fact, in this in this very quest, um, there's a a little bit where there's some guy, um sleeping off some booze or something and and he's talking in his sleep he's like oh yes naru whatever you say naru i love you naru and then there's another guy who propositions her in a, in a bar about going upstairs uh, for a snuggle and or she's something super and then, flirty and then she like yeah. like saunters up like yeah come here big boy and then you come up behind yeah. her and beat him in the head she's like well about time <laughs> yeah and she talks about you know not wanting you know to keep this dress on and how how women wear these things you know she's she's not very girly in that sense um and uh yeah but but it's still seen as something of a a bit of an idol um with uh certainly with the various men folk in uh in and across tamriel so but you're in fort amal um and you're you join up again to you know to help out and it turns out that this is the first solo quest that she's been given been given from varin so you learn earlier that varin is a senior member of the tong but they're the last two in their cell now for some reason he's gone off somewhere and he's sent naru to do this solo quest on her own which makes me think that either she's quite new to the tongue um, or, or something else that's a little harder to define because she's never doing a solo quest before or a solo assignment before is quite weird. But the second time she'd obviously been around long enough to recognize that some tunnels in uh, Mournhold are long abandoned, but she, that she'd personally been to. So it was a really weird kind of dichotomy, like, it, how did you get this long without doing a solo quest? Why this particular quest or right. assignment to be doing solo? And, and where's Varen at this point? Because I don't think you see him again. They if you do, up. I certainly can't remember. <laughs> yeah, right? They broke up because she met some Nord who was uh, hanging around her in the Flaming Nicks. That would be me, ladies and gentlemen. Or me. Anyway. Saying. <laughs> <laughs> but she mentions that she's tracking down some illusionist, I think, a, a Breton guy um, who's causing the same problem that we're trying to solve in Fort Amal at the time. And you, and you solve it and people get stabbed in the back and it's wonderful. And then she's gone. Yeah. Um, and that, that's pretty much the last you see of her. You know, there are a few references to her uh, throughout the game. Um, and I just mentioned the, the one with Razumdar. Like people know who she is and they know that you know her. Um, and we do know from, uh, in fact, I think maybe we learned this from my interview with um, with the development team that that they she will if you're if you're playing on an existing character she'll recognize you mm-hmm. and she knows that it's it's her long lost friend, um, you know from way back when um, joining up again to help her. So that'll be an, a really interesting scene to play out, which we can't do on our. Uh, on the nd8 pts because you don't have your current characters unless you go through and play all the quests which you know right. would, would take would be a bit of a waste of time so that'll be a really interesting thing to try out to begin with is is uh is how she responds to you with an existing character if you've done these quests um which but i'm really much- excited about because now i get to see naru and you know 
re, you know, visit her again, reacquaint ourselves after a long absence in the Mm -hmm. way that people generally do. Um, Yeah. Yeah. The last in the base game that you see of her, um, you know, I played through all of these quests um, and then after doing all these, I looked them up and, you know, I can't find any more until you get to the Dark Brotherhood DLC. And we did talk about this on the show a few weeks ago because I ran into her totally by accident. I thought I'd done all the quests around the Gold Coast. And um, I was, I don't know what I was doing. I was just walking around somewhere and I saw the little new quest icon light up. I was like, hello, undone quest. And it was Naryu. And it was the most excited I've... (laughs) It was was just, it was palpable, physical, very guttural excitement, let me tell you, um, to see her crouching behind a bush. Um, so I, uh, you, you've do that quest and, uh, I, I won't say too much about this cause a lot of people I'd think will maybe not have, not have done this, but you're, you're seeking out a noble, there's somebody that needs to die and she doesn't want the dark brotherhood to know that she's taking care of things. So she asks for your help. And this quest, I think in the dark brotherhood DLC is one of the best, if not the best quest that involves Naryu, because not only does it involve Naryu, it involves Razumdar as well. So oh, there's there a you go. That's like the there's perfect. A, yeah. There's a particular scene where you're literally in a room having a giant conversation between yourself, Razumdar, and Naryu, and it's wonderful. And they're disagreeing about something. You have to side with one or the other. And it's. Aww. it's I'm going to be torn at that point because it's Naryu, but then it's also Razumdar. <sighs> right? Yeah. So it's it's difficult and you can sort of betray razumdar in a previous quest and i reckon if you left him for dead in that particular quest and let's let's not pretend whether or not he's dead or not like there are many choices you can make in that early quest um but i'd say if depending on how you concluded that quest maybe you want to side with raz in this argument but that would be our own moral decision everybody yeah i i know exactly which quest you're referring to and (laughs) i he he may not him and I may not be on the best terms right now, so yeah. there is that. But so, I, I sided with, with 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 good old Naru in yeah. in this quest, and I recommend everybody do. Um, and then and that's kind of it. No, I recommend everyone do Razum Dar because I want her to only love me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, yes, and that's basically you have with Naru throughout the entire game and everything you learn about her pretty much up until you get to to the DLC. Now, we can't talk about anything in that, um, as we've mentioned. Um, Nor would we want to because, of course, it's not even out yet. No one else has those opportunities. And we want you to experience it as well, right? Because the stories are amazing, so... So that's that's everything about Naru. And then just a few little bits, just, just worth mentioning, I think, about the Morog Tongue, because they are a really interesting guild. Personally, I find them more interesting than the Dark Brotherhood. Um, College Kid 15 in chat says there's a second Naru quest in the Gold Coast. Uh, there is. And one of them is called the Sweet Rolled Killer. Sweet Rolled Killer. And one of them is called... Or something, for a, something for a prince, or it might be a different one. Um, but I believe they're sort of back to back. Like I think you might complete one and and start another. But if there's another, and if I'm confused, then I would deeply like to know. Yeah. There are certainly two separate sort of separate elements to it, but I think they're both happening at the same time. Okay, so it's like okay, so you're thinking it's uh, 
whenever it, it happens, it, you know, um, you, you finish one, the quest, you accept the reward, but then you accept one from her like right away again. There's a possibility. Yeah. But at, at the same time, it could easily have been that maybe I, maybe I did the, the first Naru one the first time and forgot and then did this one. And that was the second. So maybe, um, all I remember is, is that I, I just, I just, I just did. And then she talks about sodding off back tomorrow and, um, which so is, you, you know, where we're going to see her next. Indeed. Um, and, and I don't think you see her after that. And the, the last one is definitely the sweet roll killer because that's when she leaves. Right. So, yeah, there, there may be one before that that I'd, I'd forgotten. But it's certainly all tied in with the same stuff and the same theme. Well, here, here's, here's something else that I kind of have a problem with. We, we went over everything with Nario, but I seem to feel like there was so much more interaction uh, with some of the other, you know, recurring characters, I don't feel like Naru got near enough screen time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because when we were talking about it, she does show up a few times in the, in the Lotus one. That's where you first meet her. But in reality, it's not like she's front and center for the Lotus. She just kind of is a guide that kind of points you along the way, right? Yeah. Like. He's she unlike like some of the Stibbons quests to give it a comparison, a lot of them start and end with Stibbons and Lady Clarice specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Naru, almost all of them, you're already doing it, you run into her, and when you you complete it without her, she's just there doing stuff, which I actually thought find quite endearing as, as far as storylines go because it, it's she's never placed front and center. She's always sort of in the background, which is almost analogous to um, the Morag Tongue itself. So it's, a, it's yeah. a fascinating way of, yeah, lots of screen time coming up for, for good old Naru. And um, well-deserved because, like you said, I, I don't know. Like, I do, I agree. Like, that whole, what you just said made a lot of sense. I didn't even think about it like that. That, that kind of limited in the background really does fit with her mysterious allure, which is probably why we're all so attracted to her in the first place, other than her super flirty, you know, get close to me stuff, which I'm not going to lie while playing that. I may have blushed a little just saying, Mm -hmm. you know, like there was a little bit of honey glow in the cheeks, if you will, during that entire, that entire thing. Um, But yeah, it does fit her aesthetic. But being the Naru, you know, lover that I am, it makes me a little sad that it it just feels like some of these other characters, like the Gar- Darian Gutierrez, and like every the thing is with those recurring characters is if you look, yeah, they're maybe not front and center, but if you look, those characters appear in every zone. They're somewhere in every zone that you can talk to. Naru not so much and i i don't know i just feel like she deserves more screen time <laughs> yeah would you like some would you like some uh in no certain order facts that i've pulled out about the morag tong and naru absolutely let's do it um tong is literally translated to forester's guild in the old Dunmeris language really yep wow I did not. I know. didn't know that until today, or if I knew it, I'd forgotten. But apparently, that's a thing. I did not know that, so I can tell you that right now. 
Yeah. Um, and you do, you sort of run into Morrow Tong in some way in some other games. I mean, Morrowind is an exception because you can join the Morrow Tong and do a whole lot of stuff there. But um, I don't think there's any interaction with the Morrow Tong in any form in Oblivion, as far as I'm aware. Um, I can't remember of a single example. I couldn't find an example. I think they're basically not there. Um, there may be books that reference them, but I don't think there's any interaction with anyone. But if anyone knows, if anyone knows that that's wrong, do email or, or tweeters because I'd love to know if there's any more Tong action in Oblivion. But I, I don't think there is. Yeah, I don't think you there would do, be either. Yeah, and there is a brief encounter with someone in uh, if you get the Dragonborn DLC, which was the very last DLC they released for Skyrim. Um, and there's an element of Morag Tong in, in there. Um, and obviously, you know now about what happens in Elder Scrolls Online. But largely, they were confined to Morrowind um, for good reason. Um, hence why you run into them in, you know, uh, the next game, we, right. we assume. Um, but uh, the uh, and then the other thing, and this this is um, this is an interesting one. I saw as a um what's it called like a, a caption to a screenshot from the very first trailer of uh the game where Naryu is seen assassinating the grandmaster of the Morog Tong in the upcoming Morrowind chapter. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna leave that hanging there. Apparently Apparently let me just stop till there we go. Gotta go back in there. There we go. Can you hear me, Nate? Hello? Yeah, sorry. Must stupid thing just kinda cut out on me. So you were saying that he she's assassinating someone from uh the Grandmaster of the Morag Tong, and apparently and that's where you cut out. Oh. Uh okay, well we can cut that out. It just there's basically there's a guy in the trailer um who the the big fat Dunman. Yep. Um, and you see her sort of jumping over him, and the caption says something like, Naru Virian assassinating the Grandmaster of the Morag Tom hmm. in this, uh, in this, in this, in this uh, screenshot on the, on the main wiki. <laughs> uh, and I see that you finally got to see in the, uh, in the, in the Discord chat, the drag- dragon memes uh, and the 36 shades of Vivek. I see that. I just saw it on uh, Discord. Yes, I've I've looked at that. I've seen that there. Yeah, that was that was the current theme. So whenever I talk lore, the memes come out. So there you go. I look um, forward to seeing more of those. Yeah, <laughs> the the Vivek one that I had last uh, last uh, patch was um, very popular. Apparently. <laughs> That's it. Um, and if you want a couple of books to read, uh, if you want to know more about the Morag Tong in general, uh, there's some great info in this. Um, there's a book called The Brothers of Darkness um, that's been in uh, pretty much all the games, I think, uh, since Daggerfall, the Daggerfall, um, um, which you know is, is interesting. So give that a read. There's lots of information. That's probably the best one. And then there's another one called Fire and Darkness that's got some interesting details in as well. And that's first seen in uh, Oblivion. So you can see that in Oblivion. I think it's in Skyrim. Um, but it's certainly on the web. So uh, look those up if you want more. And that's, I think, about as comprehensive look at Nari Virian and an introduction to the Morag Tong as we can do in 60 minutes. So yeah, there you go. There you go, guys. 
so that's uh, pretty much the end of Tales of Tamriel for this week. We hope you enjoyed. Uh, Nate, thank you so much for coming on. As always, it's always a, a blast having you on, obviously, because, you know... Uh, we get to talk lore. I think I think like sixty percent of this entire episode, if not more, was lore. So oh, yeah, I think probably something like that. Yeah, maybe even a little higher. And uh, I'm strangely okay with this. Actually, in fact, I encourage it. You know, like that seems to seems to have been the right option, right? Like, you know, I can't imagine anything else. Um, so uh, before we go, where can where can people find you? Uh, best thing, I'm at Nate ESO, N-A-T-E-E-S-O, uh, on, uh, on the Twitter thing, the Twitter machine. And uh, in-game, search on the European Mega Service for Miss Misa or uh, at Langson101, L-A-N-X-O-N-101. Add me. It's going to do some stuff. Um, let's hang out in Morrowind when it's out on the, on the public servers. And, uh, yeah, let's go questing. Absolutely. And uh, I, I look forward to the response from our amazing uh, European community who is going to take you through and teach you how to do trials so that next week you'll be able to, uh, you know, teach us or tell us some tales about your first trial experience. That's I'm putting a lot of faith in our community here to <laughs> reach out and to assist you. So I would love to do that one evening. Yep. Yeah. So. All Thanks right. Uh, you can find me as Jellos at Jellos uh, underscore WF on Twitter, uh, in game on the North American mega server at Jellos, A G G E L O S. I want to thank everyone for listening. You can check out everything we do dungeoncrawlernetwork.com, youtube.com slash dungeoncrawlernetwork. Uh, our main website has links to all of our social media feeds, um, as well as uh, thank you so much for all of our Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash dungeoncrawlernetwork. You guys allow us to do a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, keep these things going as well as allow me to move host when uh, you know our other host decides to try to screw me over so that is very much appreciated thank you so much we hope that you enjoyed this episode of tales of tamriel and we will see you next week see you later everybody the serpent lights the ancient sky and red of tainted stars Evil stirs and in its wake the souls of mortals sway and so
Don't 